I'm not the good guy. I'm not the bad guy. I'm the getting some collar guy. <laughs> Guys, welcome to episode 20. We are doing our monthly award show of the uh, shows that we watch from WCW Saturday Night and WWF. Who gives a fuck about the E? But F, uh, Raw, in 1993. We are doing January's first. Uh, usually this is when we cut to news, but uh, I think Zach only has like two small snippets. That's right. So I'll just get to it. Mm-hmm. So uh, Heath Slater was talking in an interview, and he mentioned that there was a lot of interest in people in the WWE currently going to Impact. Like they're asking him questions and stuff because he's there right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, he specifically singles out Joe Hennig, Curtis Axel. Makes uh, sense. I forgot he got released um, and I was like, Oh yeah, he did. Uh, and, but he was saying like, he's busy just hanging out with his family and just staying home right now. He's being perfect. <laughs> you see what I did there? <laughs> I guess. Which honestly, yeah, I'd like, I'd like to see maybe Johan get like a more serious shot. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, I as for like who he's talking about that's in the company still, that's just speculation. Like I don't, I couldn't even begin to guess. It could be anybody. Um. Yeah, it could be anybody at this point. Uh, who's doing? Maybe I. I wouldn't see Titus O'Neil because they used Titus O'Neil as a, uh, as a what you call it, as like a ambassador. Comedy, an no, ambassador no. guy. Yeah, he goes. He actually went to my brother's uh, when my brother worked at the Walmart uh, warehouse job. You know the shit they put on the trucks and stuff. Yeah. Uh, he went there and like talked about something. My brother just like because <laughs> they brought WWE catering food, like the actual catering people, yeah, to, to the job. And I was like, "Ha, he's he's usually in catering during fucking actual shows, so that makes sense." <laughs> <laughs> Damn. <laughs> no, but he's he's a good guy. Um, I, you got to think about all the people that are not being used and probably vocally upset. Uh, I would say Sasha Banks, but I don't think she's ever going to leave the WWE. Um, I mean, she's getting she's had a lot of TV time stuff lately. I think she's probably content again. Yeah, I'm trying to think. Not Bailey because she's getting a push too. Uh, it would have to be somebody that plays with dolls, <laughs> just like Zack Ryder. There's nobody left. Maybe Ricochet. I think Ricochet's not very happy. Yeah, because. Uh, What's happening over there? He he went from NXT to like fucking like shit, <laughs> pretty much. He did. He had like a brief little flash. It was like, oh yeah, Ricochet. And then it was just he gets fucking jobbed out. Yeah. <laughs> and then um, it, it didn't help with that leaked sex video with him and his like butthole. Did you hear about that? Yeah, I did. I <laughs> I, I almost forget about it every, but then every other time something happens with him, I, it creeps back up from my subconscious. <laughs> And I'm just like, God, ugh. Oh, my God. Uh, anything else? Yes. <laughs> James Storm was doing an interview, too, or a, a podcast or a fucking Zoom meeting or some shit. <laughs> and uh, he was talking about how uh, there were actually plans in place for him to, to show up in WWE after WrestleMania. Um, I, I'm guessing main roster from the way he was talking. Uh-huh. Uh, but the the C virus thing fucked it all up, and I guess he's just been home. I mean, and that, that was kind of it. He didn't really have anything else to say about it. 
Yeah. I, w- w- I know Eli Drake, because that's his tag partner and shit, were, like, doing one-offs. Did you know, like, NWA Stars is doing, like, fight TV stuff on, like, other independent uh, things going on? Yeah, they, they do, like, a multi-show thing with uh, some other smaller promotions. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was like, oh, that's cool, but, like, I have, I've heard very little about it. I didn't want to, like, spend money on shit that I didn't know, like, I didn't know anything about the other promotions, who's getting involved, whether or not they sucked or not, you know? I didn't want to put money into that. I heard the Mike Bennett and Nick Aldis thing was terrible. It was? Yeah. They had, uh, it, it was, there was, uh, some botches, but the most of all was, like, technical difficulties with the Fight TV. Mm-hmm. That sucks. Because imagine like having that hype that they were pushing a little bit and, <laughs> and then paying for Fight TV just to have it be all shitty. I'd be pissed. They did the tip, the thing they'd been doing, doing that 10, pound, 10 pounds of gold stuff and building it up on you know YouTube and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And that was good formatting, but apparently it was just all for naught. It was bad luck, I guess. I'm telling you. Uh, I know Vince will never do it because he wants to have his belt on his TV. He's done it before, um, but I had even though, <laughs> even though like uh, you know some people shit on AEW, it's still a national TV. If you have <laughs> Nick Aldis come through and like challenge somebody that's worthy, I wouldn't say a fucking Sunny Kiss or a fucking uh, Orange Cassidy. Fuck that. No. Uh, <laughs> but if you have like a uh, Taz's guy, Brian Cageman, or whatever the fuck his name is. Uh, or I wouldn't say John Moxley because that would be awkward. Um, who would be a good guy? Cody. Cody. Uh, they had two matches. Uh, yeah. You could do the rubber match. Ooh, you know what would be really, really good? So all this comes in, right? Yeah. A- and Cody's like, I'm going to challenge you because, you know, I need my rematch. Unfinished business. Then you have Dustin turn on Cody. Oh, fuck. And then you create that that battle, that brother battle that we've been waiting for since WrestleMania, like, what, 25? <laughs> Whatever. We had the brother, the brother battle already. Oh, yeah, Remember? that's right. The one with the blood? Yeah, and it was really good. It was honestly a really good match. Yeah, that was a good match. God... That's been a year ago, by the way. It's it feels been a- like a lot longer than that, but yeah. Yeah. Oh man. But no, I would. That was like a respectable brother versus brother match. You know what I mean? This one would have like Dustin be a heel, or maybe vice versa, where Cody doing this emo thing that he's doing. And he's, he's like, "Oh, I hate fucking everybody. I'm gonna fuck you up, all Nick, all this." And Dustin goes, "Hey, you're 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 disrespecting your company, and also our father and stuff." And like Cody smacks him in the face. Yeah, I was gonna say at this point, I don't think Dustin could be heel anymore. Mm-hmm. It's, he's just he's the beloved veteran now. Mm-hmm. But anyway, I don't have any other news. Um, Neither do I. Roman's still being Roman. He, I hear he's doing pretty good as a heel. So seems that seem people seem to be digging him. Um, I think Johnny Gargano and Candice LeRae just won titles. Really? I think so. It looks like Johnny Gargano won the North American title and Candice won the women's title. Mm, okay. 
And I hate those fucking promos they do in their fucking house, by the way. Oh, no. They, they do COVID promos? No, no, no. No, it, this is stuff that they were doing uh, a little bit before COVID, I think. Oh. But, like, uh, God, they do these weird promos where they're in their house and they're, like, talking. Like, they're sitting there eating dinner and they're talking. It looks like it's being filmed for a TV show almost. And all of a sudden, like regular cinematic camera angles like if you can see me i'm like this and then all of a sudden johnny will look straight at the camera like this <laughs> and it'll go like black and white and he'll get really serious talking like this i'm gonna beat your fucking ass dubs i'm gonna like i'm gonna get you in the ring and i'm gonna fuck you up and you're gonna fucking regret ever crossing me and hey so how do you like the lasagna oh god that's literally how the promos are and then candace does the same thing no, no, but you it's, know what? They oh. might be doing it to be heel. I guess if it pisses you off, it. I guess it works. It's just stupid, though. I don't. It's not even good. <laughs> it's really cringy. I'm just. That's what I'm saying. It's cringe. Oh, I do want to bring something up. Um, so I forgot who did the open challenge. I, I'm, uh, which open Drew, challenge was it? Drew. I think it was Drew McIntyre. He was like. He's starting to do the open challenge with the belt, and then oh, okay. uh, and fucking Bobby Roode came out. So oh, shit! All right, Bobby Roode's back. Uh, I dig it. Um, <laughs> I don't know, dude. I think Bobby Roode deserves at least one more title run, in my opinion. Uh, and that's not counting the NXT. I think if you give him the main title, I think you could do wonders with him. But then again, it's the main roster, so then you know Vince will get bored of him, and then just you know give the <laughs> give the belt away. Bobby Roode had one of the best uh, NXT title runs, in my opinion, when he was down there. Yeah, it's it, great. It, if he doesn't do anything, then he should go to NXT, in my opinion. Yeah, he needs to go back to being fucking awesome in NXT because he, he just was like he had good matches with everybody. And he was just great. He was a great heel. Mm -hmm. And how can you do glorious theme song without a crowd? You just can't. <laughs> it's it's inglorious. Yeah. <laughs> but I think it's time for some awards, Zach. It is. So we're giving away the idea with this whole let's go. Let's time travel backwards and watch the programming for a month. Uh, I came up with the idea of like, man, we should just do monthly awards. When we finish a month's worth of programming, we just go back and we compare everything and uh, talk about like what personalities, what uh, talent in the company really caught our eye or was, was did a really good job to us. Um, we even nominate like what the best show was in the month mm -hmm. and who wins the month, which promotion did better in that month. So, I'll just start it off going down the list. Um, I might tweak this to build up something later, but for now, we're just going to go straight down the list and just see how it goes. Okay. So, this is a pretty pretty important one. Uh, best overall performer. So, in my opinion, that was like, who did every, everything they set out to do, they did it well, and it was effective. And it could be pro promos, in-ring work, just anything. Everything. You want me to go first? 
yeah what who did you think did, did did the best overall job for january of 93 so we started started off with wwf raw and we got that weird promo with rick flair and uh mr perfect where they <laughs> yeah. like there was chaos but they like ran around to vince mcmahon and said what they had to say which it ended up you know doing the career versus career match um so I want to give this award to Mr. Perfect because every time we saw him on screen, which was not that much, uh, they kind of built they build up to after Royal Rumble to this WWF Raw that we saw last. Mm-hmm. Um, Mr. Perfect, even though he's a top mid carder, he did really well with Ric Flair. Uh, they worked really well. I liked the promo. Uh, the only thing I'll say about him is that botch that happened when he tried to like throw his body into Ric Flair. Uh, but I, I highly enjoyed Mr. Perfect. I think he had an overall good performance. Did you have an honorable mention? Oh, my honorable mention is Vader. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Mm. So my best overall performer was Ricky Steamboat. Okay. And I, I said it was Ricky Steamboat because every time he cut a promo, even if he was attached to Shane Douglas, is great. Mm-hmm. And uh, he was working like several different storylines throughout this month. It's like he he was doing the tag thing. Uh, it's like I'm we're, I'm tag team champions with Shane here, and then like we're gonna get a new challenger soon, and it ended up being Austin and Pillman. And they had that good that really good match at the Clash. Mm-hmm. And then, like, he was pissed off about what happened there, and that's going to continue. It's going to culminate at Super Brawl 3. Yep. Um, and then he was involved in the U.S. title scene, the, the tournament. And he, he cut pr- various promos throughout the tournament that were good, um, including a babyface versus babyface promo that was good. Mm-hmm. Um, it was like the old veteran promo. It's like those, those chances, those opportunities are starting to become fewer and fewer for me. And I can't let them pass me by, Dustin. You know, <laughs> so you bring your best, and I'll bring mine. Uh, and then, like, all the matches he had, all the singles matches he had, ex- with the exception of one, were just great. Mm-hmm. Like, I would, I would basically say to people, like, man, if you want to learn how to be a good babyface wrestler, watch Ricky Steamboat. Oh yeah, he definitely like, he definitely uh, plays up to the crowd. He's high energy. He does a fucking great promo. I, I can see why you picked him. And is that it's not even just that. It's like the selling. And yeah, he he knows when to sell. He sells all the time, even on offense. People don't even do that anymore. Almost mm-hmm. when they go on offense, it's like magically their their injuries are healed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, my the, my second honorable mention or my second honorable mention my honorable mention though was Big Van Vader yeah mm-hmm. I was close I was like, damn Vader just did such an awesome job <laughs> but to me like Vader has been such um he's he's always going to be the guy right like he's a big heavyweight champion if you had a chance to put a belt on somebody it would always be Vader I chose Mister Perfect because he's not in that spot he could be a world champion. But he has to work for it. And I think that's why I chose Mr. Perfect for best overall on what we saw in January. Okay. So up next is best promo. 
I'll go first. Uh, so it, I'm going to kind of tease the best segment, um, but the best promo is the prelude to that segment, and that's when uh, Vader uh, invites Stinger to the White Castle of Fear. <laughs> that's the best promo. <laughs> so, so the one before the White Castle of Fear segment. Yeah. Oh man, that's that's so good. I love it. To me, it's just the stereotypical wrestling promo. Yeah, because I, I like that you see like the snow in the background, and, and it looks like he's on a mountain and shit, and he's just like Stinger <laughs> tonight, or like we will have a date with destiny. It's like, what the fuck? It's like what is he? About? It's like what is he trying to do? But I'm so intrigued to find out, which we eventually do. Did you have an honorable for that for that category? Um, honorable, I want to say, is when Cactus Jack, when he started getting, like, I think, uh, I think this was at Clash, or it was with the Steel Cage match, and that's when, uh, you know, uh, Jesse Ventura goes, say goodbye to fucking Cactus, but that part was, Cactus. yeah, where he's, like, telling people to shut up, like, I'm not doing this for you. Yeah, I, that was, uh, that was after the, the Clash main event, yeah. Yeah, I, I, that's my honorable mention because it's like you could tell Cactus is like, I'm trying to be heel here, but you guys are cheering for me for whatever reason. So I'm just going to say, fuck you. Kind of like what Jericho does today. Yeah. So that, that's my honorable mention. He's trying his damnedest. By, by the way, we don't always have to have an honorable mention for these. I just, you know, I, there's actually a couple categories here that I don't have an honorable mention for. But I mean, um, I mean, I could or, think of some, but I don't mind a question. So if we do, we do. If we don't, we don't. Yeah, I'll just always ask, and then it'll be yes or no. Uh, but like, uh, it's funny though. You mentioned Cactus because he was my best promo. Uh, on WCW Saturday Night, January sixteenth, he cut a promo. I think this was just after. Uh, it was. I think it was after the Clash. And he said, uh. You caused the fans to cheer me, taking away their hatred that I fed off of. Now I'll feed off of my hatred for you! <laughs> <laughs> and I was just like, yeah, that's a really... That's kind of a cerebral wrestling wrestling promo a little bit. Mm-hmm. Like, he, he, he thought about it in a different way, a, a different perspective, and, like, kind of flipped that heel dynamic a little bit. Um, and I thought it was pretty effective. It was like, nobody... Even at that time, nobody cuts... Nobody was cutting promos like Mick Foley was. And it's funny, though, because it's like you could tell he thought of that on the fly. Like, you don't need a writing team to, like, try to win over the crowd. Uh, as I go blurry screen here. Hold on. I'll fix this. I got to say hi to everybody. Hi. Um, Hello. It still didn't work. Who cares? Just imagine you guys seeing me drunk if people are watching live. Um, but anyway... What I like about Cactus Jack, or just in in that era of wrestlers, they thought about stuff on the fly. They didn't need a writing team. Uh, they just said, hey, this is the situation now. I'm going to feed off of what the crowd is doing, and I'm going to either do what the crowd wants or uh, or <laughs> be against the crowd. Yeah. And, that, and that's how you get over. That's right. And I don't know if you ever read any of Mick Foley's books or anything. No. But he said in the early days, and I think 
he probably did this throughout most of his wrestling career anyway, is that um, when he would be driving, sometimes he'd be driving by himself. Uh, he would just cut promos in his car while he was driving. <laughs> like he would, th- he would be, he would be constantly thinking about promos and like what he could say and what he could do. And it, it comes off that way. Cause it's like, he, he actually sat there and thought about this. Yeah. He probably sat there and thought about this in his car for like five hours <laughs> while he was driving. You know, listen, listen to whatever weird music he was listening to that day. You know, I cut promos in my car driving to work uh, because I was like, this is where I'm going to quit. I'm just going to go up to the manager and go, fuck you, dude. I'm not putting up these video games anymore. That's right. I cut promos in my car, too. And then it they're never little, happens. They're a little weirder. <laughs> yeah, it never happens. Though. It's like, ah, fuck it. <laughs> I need money. <laughs> yeah, that's what usually happens. Um... Did you have an honorable mention, or did you want to move on? I had an honorable mention. It was the WCW Up Close segment of Big Van Vader on Saturday night, January 9th. I like these Up Close segments because they're they're lower key. They have more like a sports broadcaster interview questions, like, uh, feel to them. Uh And this one was just really interesting because you get to see Vader be chill. He's like sitting there in like street clothes, but he still has like his mask on. Yeah. And he has his title and he's like he's very he's really calm. He's actually pretty articulate here. Mm-hmm. And it's it's just really cool to see Vader like that. That's awesome. Um and he he was giving everybody credit. He was giving Ron Simmons credit for being like he's like Ron Simmons is a powerful man, three time all American and blah 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 and but I beat him. And he said some shit about Stinger too, and he was giving Stinger credit, but he still beat Stinger's ass. I mean, he invited him to a party, so I guess he likes him, right? Yeah. He must like him a little bit. And yep. here we go. Up next, best segment. Okay. So you brought it up. I I brought it up. But um, best segment, White Castle of Fear. Uh, that was like a fever dream for me. Um, it kind of like sum it up. This thing goes to like Colorado fucking heliport or something. And he gets in a helicopter and he, he says, I have an invite to the White Castle of Fear. I'm, I'm invited to a party. And then he goes, where is the White Castle of Fear? He's like <laughs> looking around in the helicopter. And he's like, what is this White Castle of Fear anyway? Yeah. And it's not even a White Castle. It's just a whole damn mountain. Uh, and there's a hole in the mountain. And that's where the party's at. And you go in and there's a midget and some girls. Uh, there's food on the table with uh, his uh, Vader's armor thing that he used in New Japan that he wear, wore to scare Japanese people. Uh, <laughs> and then out came Vader in his cape and uh, Harley Race, and it just got weird from there. And I just loved it because it was so '90s. It was like a it was like a B-rated movie. Like if this was a movie, I'd watch it. Who's the man? <laughs> He's like Vader. Who's the man? And then that little midget guy's like, play the game. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Um did you have an honorable mention for that one? Hell yeah, I do. Arn Anderson fucking uh trying to kill Eric Watts at a gas station. I called it the Eric Watts gas station incident. <laughs> I, I I just love that he, you know, <laughs> Eric Watts is getting gas, you know, giving an uh, autograph to a little girl, and out of nowhere, Arn Anderson comes and beats the shit at him in front of the little girl. <laughs> I told you I'd find your ass, boy! He comes <laughs> over here and starts whipping his ass. I love it. Oh, man. 
What about you? Well, that keeps it short and sweet for me because mine were the same. Uh, the best segment was Sting goes to the White Castle of Fear. Mm-hmm. And the honorable mention was the Eric Watts gas station incident. <laughs> <laughs> now, the thing the thing with the White Castle of Fear, I'll say, is you said there was no castle, but this is my theory. The Rocky Mountains is the White Castle of Fear. Okay. See, it's all it's all covered in snow. Mm-hmm. And that's where Vader's from. They always say from the Rockies or the, from the Rocky Mountains and shit. This this is Vader's home. He calls it the White Castle of Fear. The whole mountain. You know? The whole mountain is the White Castle of Fear. <laughs> um, it was like what you were saying. It was great. It was like super schlocky. Mm-hmm. It was just fun. It, 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 sometimes it feels like a fever dream. This is part of that that time when they're doing it a little bit less, but WCW got in this weird funk where they were trying hard to be like more like WWF, mm. like with their segments and stuff. And th- this is what that is. And they do it for a couple more years. Some of the other more infamous ones are like the Hulk Hogan Dungeon of Doom segments and shit <laughs> that are coming up in like the next couple of years. Oh man, I can't um, wait. God, they're so ridiculous. <laughs> but um, yeah, like this is interesting for me because it's like I always complain when like wrestling is silly, but there's like a there's like a line where it, it can be silly. You, you, you can get into wrestling and you have to understand a little bit. There's some ham to it. Mm-hmm. There's a little bit of schlock involved. Yeah. And, and this is, this is that element of it, in my opinion. Like what I don't like is when people are like, obviously like they're having a match and it's just like, this is just bullshit. I'm just going to no sell this bullshit. And I'm just going to, I'm going to fight this guy. Who's like four times my size. And it's going to take him a lot longer to beat me. Oh, like the Nintendo Switch guy that would play Nintendo Switch while he wrestled? I don't even know what you're talking about. Oh, there's an indie wrestler that is kind of like Orange Cassidy, except without his hands in his pocket, he's playing Nintendo Switch and dodging every move and then doing moves and wins. Yeah, shit like that. And shit like Orange Cassidy and, you know, the Invisible Man and the fucking hand grenade and shit and all that. Joey Joey Ryan. I'll, I'll do this. As an indie watcher... I don't mind the invisible wrestler because trying to do moves with an invisible person, I have to say, is a little talented, in my opinion. Not not to be like, oh, is like a, as talented as Sting, but like imagine trying to get suplexed by a invisible entity, and it looks like you're being suplexed by an invisible entity. I think that's talent a little bit. I think that's a poltergeist. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I think that is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but no, like um, that—that's my feeling on this segment and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, the Eric Watts gas station incident is pretty—I like it for the same reasons you like it. Cool. And the other reason why I liked it was because it, it felt a little real. Like, yeah, the the dude holding the camera was like, "Oh my god, call the police!" He was a, he was a bit over the top. Mm-hmm. But like, it it still felt like it felt kind of like a uh, uh, a candid incident where somebody ha- happened to have a VHS camera, <laughs> you know, nowadays this shit would be like super overproduced and obvious looking. Yeah. Even though people have goddamn phones, they can just hold up to the screen and, you know, I'm holding a fake. Oh my God, what's happening? Like, you, you know, you see like the person with the camcorder, I think felt normal 
I mean, he was a little over the top, like, obviously because he's acting to be like, oh, my God, Arn Anderson is killing this guy. Uh, but, like, it felt genuine to me. Like, today, I feel like if somebody, if they did a segment where, like, WWF, uh, WWE superstars, like, getting beat up and they do, like, the whole video camera with the, the, the phone, that feels more fake to me. Cause, I guess. Because I, 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 I see the logistics where <laughs> they, they take the phone... And uh, like they 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 take a a screenshot of like the 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 screensaver and everything, and it's like you said, highly produced and stuff, and it feels fake. I don't know. Yeah. So, next uh, bit here is the best team, and I don't got a whole lot to say about teams, so I'll just I'll just do mine first. Okay. Because for tag team wrestling this month, it was a little flat. In my opinion, yeah. Uh, to me, the best team was the Steiner brothers, and they had that squash on Raw, and it was fun. Mm-hmm. They fought like the Executioners, whoever the fuck they are. <laughs> That's their name. I just I've never heard of them. I don't know who the fuck they are. <laughs> it looks like they got hand me downs from Demolition. Mm-hmm. But um, and then they had that match with the Beverly Brothers at Royal Rumble that was pretty good, you know. Yeah. Uh, and I don't know. Like, it, nobody, I don't like Steamboat and Shane Douglas as a team, so they don't count. <laughs> yeah, me either. <laughs> and my honorable mention is Austin and Pillman because you can tell, like, they're really starting to cook with gas a little bit here. Yeah. It's, it's, they're warming up, but it's like, compared to all these other teams like Z-Man and Johnny Gunn, like, I'm not saying they don't feel like a tag team. They kind of do. But, like, there's no other teams that feel, like, really strong and, like, something's building. And, like, we we know something's building because of fucking hindsight. But it it comes across that way as you're watching it, though. Mm -hmm. Like, these guys are getting more um, chemistry going. They're they're get they're learning to work ta- as a tag team better and stuff and they're bouncing off of each other and their promos better. So that's me for tag teams. Um, you're gonna make me change because I was the opposite. Your honorable mention was supposed to be my best team, but it kind of makes sense because they're they were building up like in the beginning of the month and we were just like. I'm Brian Pillman, and here's, you know, stunning Steve Austin. And then, like, they showcase him a little bit. Yeah. Uh, um, so they did. They weren't fully as a team yet. I mean, they were announced as a team, but they're, it's growing pains, in my opinion, right now. Um, yeah. So I'm going to have to pick the Steiners as the best team because, <laughs> by God, that Frankensteiner. <laughs> Scotty Frankensteiner, man. Yeah, I, I would have to go with that. And obviously, my honorable mention is Pillman and and Steve Austin. Yeah. And don't get me wrong. There was other teams that, that had emerged that was like, Oh yeah, that's a tag team like wrecking crew. Yeah. But they're just now established too. Like they literally debuted this month <laughs> and they're not as good as Austin and Pillman are. Mm-hmm. They, I mean, they're, I don't know. I don't know how they end up. I don't know what their ultimate fate is. <laughs> and then, um, Oh, what was another team that the Beverly brothers? What are you going to say about them? You know, yeah, <laughs> whatever. Vanilla, uh, vanilla. Best match. This is one of the more interesting categories, I think. Um, um 
What did you have for your best match? I think I know what it is. I really liked Ric Flair versus Mr. Perfect. I did too. It was my best match. Yeah. Um, cause it came down to that or Dustin versus, uh, steamboat when they had mm-hmm. the first title match, uh, for the U S title. And that's when Bar- hold on. Let me see if I get his name right. Barry Windham. <laughs> um, came in and did that fucking DDT on the cement. And that's <laughs> fucking steamboat was done for the rest of the night. He watched Jake Roberts steamboat him on the cement that one time, and he just, that's it. That's how you beat Steamboat. Yep. <laughs> so that's that's my honorable mention. But just the Ric Flair versus Mr. Perfect, like that match with Heenan in the background, like doing bloody murder when like Ric Flair is about to get like eliminated and shit. Like th- this is how you work a match when it's like false finish. It's not this like I'm going to do a super kick, super kick. Oh, he kicks out of my finisher kind of thing. They were just doing regular moves until they finally hit their finisher. Um, you know, Ric Flair did his figure four and then Mr. Perfect did his perfect plex and all that stuff. So, like, I was on the edge of my seat. I mean, I knew who was going to win because that's when yeah. Ric Flair pretty much leaves and shit. Um, but I was still like, oh, how's it going to end? How's it going to end? And, you know, the payoff was great. I kind of wish in WWE, in, in, in this early Raw, like, Ric Flair got pissed off or something and tried to beat Mr. Perfect up. But I guess, like, give that moment to Mr. Perfect, I guess. I don't know. I just liked it. Me too. Did you, was Steamboat and Dustin your honorable mention? The first yeah. match? Yep. Okay. What did you think about that one? Uh, I really liked it. Um, that's when they were doing back and forth kind of stuff. It, it was like slow. It was like headlock. And then they brought up the tempo in that fucking match where it just got super intense. Uh, and then, you know, obviously when Barry Windham came out and did that DDT and I was like, oh, fuck. <laughs> yeah. And then Dustin is like all happy. And then he finds out later in the interview that. You know, Barry Windham came out, and that's how you won. And he's like, I'm going to go talk to Steamboat right now. <laughs> and then they had their rematch. Yeah, that was good, too. Mm-hmm. Um, mine were the same as yours, though. Uh, oh, shit, that's Flair, two in a row. <laughs> yeah, before my best match pick was Steamboat and Dustin that first time. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, the Flair and Perfect match happened. It was, just, it was just good. It was, like, super entertaining, but... It was like you you were saying they didn't have a bunch of crazy ass false finishes. They had false finishes, but it was like again, it was like a lot of wrestling moves or pinning combinations, mm-hmm. some submission business. Flair never beats anybody with figure four the first time he puts it on. Yeah, he puts it on usually a few times. I think he actually says, "I've never beaten anybody with that move, man." Everybody gets out of it. Yeah, because all you get <laughs> all you got to do is twist your fucking body, and then the pressure goes the other way. Yeah. He needs to learn how to bend back like fucking Charlotte does. Okay, this is this is an honest question because I don't know. Because I just love the spectacle of Ric Flair. What is Ric Flair's finisher besides the figure four? That's it. That's it? Jeez. I mean, that's great that you don't have a finisher that like, will end it. He's beating people with pinning combinations, I think. Like, you mm. roll a guy up, you grab his tights. Or did a backslide and got him, or something like that, mm-hmm. or or did a foreign object bullshit and pinned somebody. Yeah, but yeah, you know, usually he he wins by shenanigans. 
Okay. That's cool. I, that's amazing. But yeah, I would put this up as probably one of the best Raw matches like I've seen. Yeah. It's got good stakes. Heenan's great during the match. Adding in the commentary. Yeah, Perfect is great. Yeah, fucking Rob Bartlett finally shut his fucking mouth and <laughs> it was like good. Uh, like I say, you know, perfect hit the perfect plex one time. Mm-hmm. And that was it. That was it. That's <laughs> all it takes. Very, is, that, that, that's all it takes is one perfect plex. Very refreshing. Yes. And then Steamboat Dustin is just great because uh, Steamboat's great. And you can see Dustin earlier in his career. Mm-hmm. And he's just as good then as he is now. and Or vice versa. Just as good now as he was then. I said it backwards. <laughs> but, um, like, really, it's just like, I would, like, just go watch Steamboat Dustin. It was great. Uh, good stuff. Good technical wrestling. And they do that stuff where it's like, man, uh, I hate rest holds. They call it rest holds. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, headlock, bullshit. It's like, no, this is how you do it. This is, do, this is how you do it properly. You do wrestling stuff for a while, and then you do a bunch of spots real fast and then slow back now again. Mm-hmm. That's the proper way to have a long match. <laughs> so best commentary team, Rob Hands- Bartlett and Vince McMahon. No, <laughs> no. What did you pick? Hands down. And I know we only saw it. Now, are you saying based off of WCW Saturday night and WWF Raw, or are we including pay-per-views as well? No, we're, we're going to include the pay-per-view teams, too, because they're separate teams. Like, Jim Ross and Ventura did The Clash. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, Grill and Heenan did Royal Rumble. Even if it is only one show, they could do such a good job that, hey. Heenan, Heenan and Gorilla. I mean, that's, I agree. Hand, that's hands down. Uh <laughs> Honorable. Uh, the reason why I chose Heenan and Gorilla is because they feed off of them each other so well. And I want to say this is the first time like you hear a face commentator like <laughs> pretty much be rude to his like teammate. He's like, "Oh, shut up! Like, <laughs> who cares what you think?" I'm gonna take you over my knee. <laughs> <laughs> and and you could tell they love working with each other and it's sad that we're starting off when pretty much Heenan's going to lead the company um yeah and that is sad to me um uh, but I want to do I want to say with uh, honorable mention and this is going to sound surprising because I like Jesse Ventura um but I think Jim Ross and Larry Zabisco was great because a Jim Ross is great and B, Larry Zabisco talks about wrestling moves and how effective they are. Yes. <laughs> I like him just for that because yeah. nobody fucking does that anymore. So that's my honorable mention. But uh, Heenan Gorilla, hands down. What about you? It's the same as you. I had Gorilla and Heenan. Just that one show they did, it was head and shoulders above everybody else. Mm-hmm. Raw is fucking handicapped as long as they got Rob Bartlett on the fucking desk. Yeah, and I understand Vince McMahon, like, he's trying to be... He's he's not bad, but it's so annoying when he, like, raises his voice. Oh, my God, he's gonna do a suplex! Like, he gets into that announcer voice, and it's annoying. Like Listen every, to this capacity crowd! Yeah. What a maneuver! Yep. I 
can't help it. I have like a nostalgia for Vince's on commentary. I think he he does a pretty decent job as a commentator. Um, I, I said he, he does okay, but like I wouldn't put him in in the top five at least. Yeah, like I, I just because for a long time when I when I was younger, that's I I knew Vince as the commentary guy. Yeah. Until like he, until he turned into Mr. McMahon. <laughs> Um, until Bret Hart spit on him. On yeah. <laughs> yeah, until Bret screwed Bret. <laughs> but, but yeah, Girl and Heater are just amazing. And they're, they're so good that even if there's like a shit match going on, mm-hmm. they make it entertaining. Because it happened when we watched Royal Rumble 92 and they had the Bushwhackers and fucking the Beverly Brothers. <laughs> with J- and Jameson was in that. And that, that was fucking boring. Mm-hmm. And I showed that match to uh, one of my friends. I was telling him about Bobby Heenan because uh, he wasn't really familiar with him because that was like before he start ever watched wrestling. Okay. And I was like, I was like, this guy is hilarious. I was showing him like random clips of like when they would do Tuesday Night Titans and shit. Mm-hmm. And he's just funny. And then I'm like, I want to show you this match because this is a perfect example of how good he is. And along with the guy who's his, his co uh, his partner, Gorilla. And it's like, this match is just boring, and it goes way too long, but they spend the entire time just fucking goofing off with each other, and Heenan is just roasting the fuck out of the Bushwhackers. Another prime example, um, I forgot what WrestleMania, but remember the gimmick match where Iron Cheek won the Battle Royale? I think it was yeah. WrestleMania 17, right? Yeah. The, uh, the, the gimmick, the, yeah, with all the random guys and the managers and shit. Heenan and Mean Gene made that battle royale funny as fuck yeah they did and so like i i think if you put anybody with heenan besides that stupid fucking comedian that's on wwf raw he could work with them yeah G- gene okerlund's funny too in his own way he's yeah. he's got like a dry sense of humor so like yeah when you put those two together it's still funny it's just different i still i don't i i forgot what promo it was but he like put that cigarette out <laughs> damn it sherry get a hold of yourself you're hysterical oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, god damn but I, I have no honorable mention because mm. like jim ross and larry zbisco are are doing a good job mm-hmm. but uh i think right now like jim ross's best days are ahead of him still yeah you know, like he's still great. Like he still does a very good job right now. But uh, and then like Zabisco is good as a uh, color guy, and like explaining the moves and everything. That's that's great too. I'm real curious to see how the commentary is going to change because Heenan and Jim Ross are going to flip flop. Nice. You're, come March, uh, like I'm not 100 percent sure when Heenan leaves, but Jr. gets he debuts at WrestleMania nine. Okay. In a toga. <laughs> <laughs> but I digress. That's later. Um, worst overall performer. Eric Watts. Oh, you said Eric Watts. Eric Watts. And he's, I'm not saying, I'm not saying he's terrible. I am saying he's the worst because he's being pushed like a fucking, he's being pushed like Roman Reigns, but he's, he doesn't have the body type. And he's terrible to watch. And when I mean terrible, I mean boring. And that's why I chose him as worst performer. 
I don't yeah. have an honorable mention. <laughs> I, I do. I'm going to get that in a sec. But, uh, like, yeah, the thing with Eric Watts is just, yeah, like, his build's not very impressive. He's just kind of tall and lanky. Mm-hmm. He doesn't have a lot of definition to him. He just looks bland. And he's being pushed to the moon like he's this amazing guy. He was. It seems like they're really backing off on that push now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, like, uh, it's like I said, the, the few couple matches I watched, mechanically, he seems pretty good. Like, honestly, he doesn't mm-hmm. fuck up moves. Everything he does seems pretty smooth. It's just the problem with him is, is he has, like, no charisma at all. Yep. Zero. He has no physical charisma. That's different from talking charisma. That's, like, your ability to project your persona out to the crowd and your movements and your actions. He didn't even have charisma when he was talking to the little girl. He's like, here's a good autograph. Like if it, if it was anybody else, he'd be like, he's like, Hey little girl, you want an autograph of Ric Flair? Or like, woo! Woo! yeah, baby. He, he's like, Oh yeah. Yeah. And he goes, ah, later kid. He's fucking walks off. <laughs> yeah. He gets this Rolls Royce and he drives away. But Eric Watts is just like, I'm Eric Watts. You want my autograph? It's kind of weird because no little girl is going to know who Eric Watts is, but they're just going to plant you here. <laughs> yeah, like I, I was like, I don't believe some like seven year old girl wants Eric Watts' fucking autograph. I don't believe that. <laughs> I can believe that for like Sting or like Two Cold Scorpio or something. I imagine like Bill Watts and like the camera crew is like at a gas station and like goes up to this random car with like the little girl's dad and he'd be like, Hey, what, might we use your little girl to do a little segment here? What are you going to pay? How about your whole gas, full tank? Sure. Fucking. <laughs> <laughs> they pay for his gas so they could use his little girl in this segment. Oh, man. I don't mean to keep harping on him, though, but, like, his promos are just bad. He, mm-hmm. he stumbles through his words a lot. He can't talk. Uh, and you're right. Like, for the kind of push he's getting, it's like he's not capable of doing it mm-hmm. um i don't know what else to say about the guy really uh so i'll go to mine okay. uh, my worst overall performer is rob bartlett <laughs> and this is why because here's the thing about eric watts he's trying to do the best he can yeah he's just being pushed beyond his abilities. But here's the thing about, about Eric Watts is he doesn't ruin the entire show. True. He doesn't muck up all the other segments. Rob Bartlett is like on commentary throughout these raws. And he's just saying fucking terrible ass jokes that aren't funny. Mm -hmm. And he's just trying to do these weird skits between segments talking about, or we're going to see, uh, uh, Mia Farrow and fucking somebody else in a cage match. It's like, what? What are you talking about? It's just over. Mm-hmm. And, then, and then you're making fun of the Macho Man, which is a big no-no. You know, you can't make fun of him, brother. Yeah. Uh, and you can't stay consistent in the storyline that Vince helped to put involve you in to give you something. And he like, bombed oh, that. He bombed that. He repo man stole your blazer, pal. This gives you a reason to get involved. So you want you want Randall Savage to win. <laughs> and he's like, all right. So at first he cheers for, for Randy and then he turns on him and wants Repo Man to beat him, the guy that stole his goddamn blazer. <laughs> <laughs> the fuck? 
And then, like, yeah, the, the, the time where the show drastically improved, besides having Ric Flair and Mr. Perfect in a main event, was when he didn't fucking say a word. <laughs> I hate him. I just hate him so much, and I want him to go away. <laughs> so, that's him. Honestly, he's probably one of the worst commentators I've ever heard in wrestling, legitimately. I agree. Like, there's others. There's, um, oh, God, fucking Mike Adamley. Remember Mike Adamley? Yeah. Oh, he was awful. He's up there with he's up there with people like Mike Adamley and stuff, in my opinion. My honorable mention is Dan Spivey. Oh yeah. <laughs> he only had one match, and he kind of sort of had a main event with Ricky Steamboat. Yeah. And that was the thing is I heard so much things, so many things about Dan Spivey. Uh, mostly from Jim Cornette talking about how Spivey was terrible. <laughs> and it was like I, when I saw him in a match with Ricky Steamboat, who's debatably one of the best in-ring wrestlers ever, he couldn't, he could not get a good match out of the guy. <laughs> it was passable is what I would call it. Mm-hmm. No thanks. And, and no thanks to him. He had nothing to fucking do with it. He looked like shit. All his offense looked like shit. He looked like really stiff and like, I don't know. He just didn't move good. Mm-hmm. He's a terrible fucking opponent. I totally forgot about him until you brought him up again. So like, God damn, that's one of the worst wrestlers I've seen in a long time is this fucking guy. Like legitimately. <laughs> <sighs> so now worst promo. I bet I know what you're going to pick. <laughs> I'm going to cheat on this one. Okay. So, um, and there's an honorable mention, uh, because it's, again, it's one half of a tag team, um, for both of my mentions, every Shane Douglas promo there is. Oh yeah. He's, he, he's, he's so, I think there was one where I kind of gave him credit where he was just like, we're going to beat your ass. But like then steamboat kind of just out, out, uh, promos him. So it kind of goes back to being sucky again. But I never feel, you know, intimidated by Shane Douglas <laughs> when he does a promo. No, uh, it, it's like I said, it always feels like he's overacting. Mm-hmm. Like he's acting. Like, I'm going to kick your ass and it's going to be great and you're going to like it. It's like, oh, it's so bland. It's like, I'm going to kick your ass right now. I'm going to suplex your bitch. I'm going to take your bitch and I'm going to fuck her too. <laughs> like, that's believable. That's like Eddie Kingston. Like, I'm going to kill you and fuck your wife. That was Scott of... Steiner. I believe Scott Steiner. Yeah, I kind of spit into my microphone. That was weird. <laughs> that was uh, a good Scott Steiner promo. <laughs> uh, but yeah, every it, my honorable mention, and I always fuck up his name, but it's not Ricky Morton. <laughs> the Rock and Roll Express. Robert Cause, Gibson? Yeah, because he's... He, <laughs> oh, come on. He's just like, hey, man, you're going you're gonna to go down there and we're going to win that match. It's going to be great. That's it. All he has to do is say one sentence. It's just yeah. to let you know that he's there. And then it's all Ricky Morton after that. Yeah. So that's my honorable <laughs> mention. Like I said, I kind of cheated because it's like I have to take out the good people because Steamboat and Ricky Morton are great. <laughs> just the other two were just terrible on the mic. I honestly thought when you said tag team, I thought you were going to mention fucking uh, the, oh, hell, I just forgot their names now. Um, 
fucking rage and fury. Oh God. I'll get to that. <laughs> when they did the promo with Zabisco and then uh, I think it was rage. And he was like, uh, he sounded like non intimidating at all. He sat, he had like a really high voice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was just, <laughs> nothing he said sounded like it had conviction behind it or like and, anger. <laughs> and Zabisco is like, oh, and we're going to go over here. Yeah, he just he just took the mic from the other. What do you think, Fury? Tell me what you think. And he's like, "Well, brother, we're gonna beat their asses." And well, it was it was it was fine. It wasn't anything outstanding, but it was like, okay, that guy's mad, and he's gonna beat up these old guys. Yeah. <laughs> but what'd you um, pick? I picked Eric Watts. Oh yeah. <laughs> See, I thought you were gonna say Eric Watts. No. But, I picked Eric Watts because they tried several times to get a promo out of him. And every time he stumbled through him and had no charisma and fucked everything up. And it was, it, they even did like one of those, oh man, I, I, I was uh, Eric Watts' fucking wrestling coach in college and he was a great athlete. And it was like, that didn't even involve Eric Watts and it was fucking lame and it was boring. Oh yeah. The, the football coach is like, he's a great guy. He's a, Great football player. I, I, I you know I, I taught him everything he knows. I don't know much about wrestling, but I know he's a good football star. <laughs> like that yeah, one. Yeah, it was football. Yeah. I, I thought he was like amateur wrestler. I don't know why, but like, uh, yeah, like Eric Watts wasn't even in that segment. It was about him, and it was still fucking boring. <laughs> like, like, that's fuck. That takes some talent to be that bad at promo stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't have an honorable mention because to me, nothing else was as egregiously bad. Yeah. It's just the fact that, like, they saw with one attempt, okay, he can't talk. So then they make him try to talk several more times. <laughs> no, just stop. It's like Roman Reigns, pretty much. Hey, no, I don't agree with that totally. I think Roman can cut a promo. It's what they give him. Unless... Suffered succotash, son. I said ton. <laughs> God, that's wrong. The best promo he ever did, though, was when he's like, it's my yard now. And <laughs> that was it. I was there. I was at the uh, arena because that was the Monday after Mania uh, at Raw, and everybody was booing him. He's like, get the fuck out. Get the fuck out. <laughs> and every time he tried to speak, it just didn't say anything until the end. Where it's like, this is my yard now. And best heel, heel promo ever, but he wasn't a heel then. Yeah, he, now he is. Yeah. Oh, worst team. Wrecking Crew. <laughs> oh, really? Wrecking Crew, huh? I think one half of it. Uh, I I always mix up the. I think Fury um, was the one who has like the four moves because he's always the guy that does the uh, setup for the wrecking ball. Because uh, all he does is the John Cena tackling moves, and then he just sets up the wrecking ball. The other guy does all the work. Uh, and it's just <laughs> terrible. <laughs> Do you but, have an honorable there? Um, not really. I mean, unless you want to count Eric Watts and fucking Jeff Jeff Bagwell. Jeff Bagwell. Uh, whatever his name is, Marcus Bagwell. <laughs> Marcus Alexander Bagwell. Thank yeah. you very much. <laughs> I'll never, I'll never forget that. They keep putting his middle name in there for some reason. <laughs> Like he's a fucking nobleman or some shit. <laughs> I, mine's pretty simple. I have uh, Tex Slazinger and Shanghai Pierce. 
And I forgot do you about remember that. those guys? No. <laughs> See, you don't even fucking remember them. They didn't even make an impression on you. Mm-hmm. It was like, I remember I told you, it's the Godwins. When I was trying to figure out who they were. Oh, yeah. I remember now. One guy is wearing a mask, but they both wear like black trunks and tights. Mm-hmm. And there was like that one time we were watching the Saturday night and then like Tex Slazinger was like over with that crowd for some reason. <laughs> I don't like there, there was a giant Tex sign out there and I'm like, why? <laughs> what the fuck? But um, I picked them because they had a couple matches and they were both like just boring. Yeah. They did nothing. Like a lot of it was just them. Like they had a match. They had that match with DDP and Vinny Vegas and it was fucking bad. Oh, is that when DDP almost died because like he went on the ropes and he was being choked out? Yeah. <laughs> now <laughs> and, I remember. <laughs> yeah, that that match sucked. Um, and especially because they spent a long time working on DDP, like they were working his leg, but it was like boring. Mm-hmm. And then like they had that match with uh, Cactus and Barbarian, and it would have been boring if they weren't in it. <laughs> they they made it bearable. So That's there's funny. boring. They just don't do anything that looks good or is impactful or anything. I, I guess they're supposed to be like a low card heel team mm-hmm. that gets beat. I guess that's what their position is, but they're not fun to watch. I can say that. I agree. But I still choose Wrecking Crew because I have a feeling once they meet the Rock and Roll Express to whatever they're building up to, I think it's going to be terrible because Rock- Wrecking Crew is not going to be great. They might become that low card, mid card tag team. Mid card mm-hmm. heel tag team. Yep. So that's me. I don't even have an honorable mention because nobody else. It's like I thought Wrecking Crew honestly had been okay so far. Mm. It's like oh we we put together a big guy tag team. We don't have one. These guys are okay. They're not bad. They're not the Road Warriors or fucking Demolition or anything like that. But they're serviceable. Uh, unless you let that one guy speak. Just don't let rage speak. He has no rage in his voice. <laughs> he has estrogen in his voice. <laughs> Wor- worst segment. Uh, I'll go first. Uh, okay. Pretty much when Rob Barlett fucking ruined Macho Man's and versus Repo Man's match. Oh, that's what you... Well, ah, this might be my fault a little bit. I, I, I should have clarified what a segment is. Okay. So, so, so a segment like okay like sting goes to the white castle of fear that's a segment it's like you know they set up this scene mm-hmm. you know something happens it's not necessarily a promo but something happens like a an elongated scene of something eric watts in the gas station is another segment mm-hmm. so did you have a segment that sucked you go and let me think about this for a little bit okay here's mine Mine was Undertaker and Paul Bearer headlock on hunger. <laughs> <laughs> because this isn't a promo. This isn't a promo to get you hyped for a match or anything. Mm-hmm. It's just them saying, like, hey, we support fucking not having people starve in Somalia. And they had the Undertaker Paul Bearer do one. And he says, no one should starve to death. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, what? It's like they're fucking his character up just by doing this. 
Yeah. <laughs> Undertaker shouldn't even be involved in shit like this. Mm-hmm. And that's when he wasn't speaking that much, right? He's, he almost never said anything at that point. Until that <laughs> until that promo. All right, I got one. And I want to say it wasn't bad, but it's weird what they're doing with him because he's on his way out. But uh, Kamala and Reverend whatever his name is. I don't Slick. know. Yeah, I found it weird that they were trying to, like, take this. I'm trying to say without sounding, like, <laughs> a little edgy. But, like, taking this monster guy uh, and, like, turning him, like, into this face character. Almost, like, stupid as well because he, the whole pinning thing. I know he couldn't do that when he was a heel um, as a monster. I don't know. I It just didn't stick with me that well. I, I kind of just wrote it off. I'm like... That's kind of nice, but I, out, of, out of everything that I've seen, I would want to say that's the worst segment. It didn't really have much of an impact. Yeah. Yeah. I could, I, yeah, you know, that's fine mm. for a, a bad segment pick. And then finally, we got worst match. You go first on this one. Okay. My nomination for worst match is DDP and Vinny Vegas versus Tex Lassinger and Shanghai Pierce. It, I already got into that a little bit where it was really boring. Mm-hmm. And here's the thing. The other team, DDP of any Vegas, it's, here's the thing. DDP at this point has little in-ring experience. Mm-hmm. I think around this time, he's still in the process of training as a wrestler. Yeah. Because uh, if you notice, that was the only match he had on the whole month we watched. Whereas Vinny Vegas had a couple of matches and segments. Mm-hmm. And then Vinny Vegas, Kevin Nash, is early in his career at this point, but he's really trying. So he's he's green. Mm-hmm. These other two guys, I think they have experience. They're just fucking, I guess they're being low-card heel wrestlers. <laughs> and, like, they spent way too long getting heat. It just wasn't engaging. And... The worst part about it was it had a really weird, bad finish mm-hmm. where like they both got disqualified. And for a while, you couldn't tell that that's what happened. Yeah. And it just ends. And it's like that match sucked because nobody got over. It was heel versus heel and nobody got over. So it was just a big fucking waste of time. <laughs> and that's why it's the worst match. There you go. I have one, and this may sound surprising to you because I think with this wrestler, he did his best. But the other wrestler, who the fuck is he and, like, what kind of character he is? Taker versus Demento. (laughs) Okay. I appreciate Taker trying to work with Demento. Demento looks like an idiot. Um, He doesn't wrestle really well. And Taker tried to salvage as best as he can, but I think he just couldn't do it. And I hate saying Taker matches are bad because they're not. Um, But this was kind of bad and Taker couldn't salvage it. So that's my worst match. This is the period of time in Undertaker's career where it's it's dark. Mm. He uh. He gets stuck working with a lot of guys, a lot of really big guys that either can't work 
or you can't have the kind of match you're supposed to have with him. Like he fought Kamala. Mm-hmm. That was a WrestleMania match, but it's like Kamala can't have a Kamala match with the Undertaker. So it's just Undertaker beating Kamala. <laughs> and it's just like, yes, nobody cares. Yeah. <laughs> That's one of the ones nobody remembers. Um, but yeah, Damien Demento is just really boring and stiff. And I don't understand what the fuck his gimmick's supposed to be. <laughs> Is he, is he crazy? It said from like the inner recesses of your twisted mind or some bullshit. <laughs> like, I, like that's that's where he's from. <laughs> Look at the state of him. I don't know. I don't know what the fuck. Go Google search Damian Demento and you'll see. <laughs> oh my god! I don't even have an honorable mention. I just thought that match was just. Uh, I don't know what the fuck. <laughs> it was really weird because both first shows we watched for each respective promotion had a main event where there was a really good guy in the main event and he wrestled a guy who was shitty and dragged him down. Mm-hmm. You had Ricky Stebo against Dan Spivey and you had Undertaker against David Demento. If we could somehow break space time continuum and have Ricky Steamboat wrestle the Undertaker, then it would have been fine. Have they ever faced each other? I don't think so. I think Steamboat left WWF before, like, I think they passed each other kind of oh. thing. Man, yeah. I wish I wish Steamboat was still alive and do a match. I mean, Taker's... <laughs> Steamboat's not dead. He's still alive. No, I know he's alive, but I, like, I, he's, like, really, really old. I, that's what I meant to say. Okay. Well, you know, when you're old, you're basically dead anyway. Yeah, in wrestling you, you are. You heard it here first. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, what do we got next? Okay, this was a suggestion by you Mm -hmm. where we kind of do a thing. This is just for fun, where it's like uh, we pick four guys to be in our faction Mm -hmm. from around this time. And there's no rhyme or reason to this, really. It's just like, who do you want to hang out with in your fucking faction? It'd be cool. So, it's ZX versus the Dubs World Order. Yep. You want to go first? Who would win? I don't know. Yeah, I'll go first. Okay. So here's in my who's in Z here's who's in ZX. Got two Colt Scorpio. <laughs> okay. For his sweet ass nineties vignettes and his dance moves and his slick ass offense. What a cool guy. <laughs> He's cold. Next, you got Razor Ramon. Okay. Chico. See, Razor's got he can bring a little bit of the edge to it to the group. He can he can talk. He can he can work pretty well. So he, he hey yo, this is before he started doing hey yo. Mm-hmm. And then Big Van Vader to have the muscle mm-hmm. and and do ridiculous promos. <laughs> and finally, Bobby Heenan, <laughs> just to round it all off, we're all managed by Bobby Heenan. That's great. I like it. Um, in Dubs World Order, uh, I chose these four guys. Uh, it's pretty much a heel group, in my opinion. Um, so we have the family man, Chris Benoit, um, <laughs> because he, I love his energy and I love his fucking suplex that he does. Then we have Mr. Perfect, because if you team up Chris Benoit and Mr. Perfect, that would be my tag team right there. Damn, that'd be a pretty uh, interesting team. 
Yeah, it would be uh, I call <laughs> I call them the suplex machine machine or whatever because they do suplexes. Um, that's a bad name, but just what that's their forte. They're technical. Um, Paul Orndorff, uh, I guess would be like the mid card uh, champion if if they ever got the championships. Paul Orndorff is a fucking mean motherfucker. Uh, <laughs> he'll fuck yeah. you up and pile drive you on the cement. Like <laughs> he's really great at projecting like that menace that he's like I'm I'm this dirty motherfucker that fights. Mm-hmm. I fight you, and I'll take any advantage I can get. And he's all pure muscle, like you said. I think you mentioned it where he's just like he's a a fucking muscle machine. No no steroids. It's all natural. Yeah, apparently he's like a fitness fanatic, or he was. He's mm-hmm. old now. Uh, and then I, I I'm gonna have to use because. I love his promos, and I love that <laughs> he's gonna fuck you up no matter what. But Vader, Big Van Vader, <laughs> he would obviously get champion. <laughs> you could never kill the Doctor of the Order. <laughs> Who's the man? Not the man, the men. But yeah, that's that's my stable for now. And every month it could change. I could still probably still have the same people, but who knows? Maybe a new person will enter. Yeah, somebody else could be really entertaining or do something cool or have like a really awesome super nineties vignette of dancing, a music video with uh-huh. children. Where he dunks on them yep. and then takes them to school. <laughs> he he took them to school. On the basketball car, and then he literally took them to school. Yep. <laughs> Two cold Scorpio. Do, 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 do. Yeah. Here do we that, go. That you gotta do the head bob. Like, yeah. It's that that beat is infectious. I don't mm-hmm. know. Here's the big one. I've been looking forward to this. Top twelve talent. Okay, what? so I. Everybody does top tens. I like to do top twelves. I like to do a twelve pack, brother. Because mm-hmm. I'm—I don't know—I'm weird. <laughs> Sometimes people get honorable mentions. They're like, "Man, I hate to leave that guy out." So I give—I give two more spaces. There you go. And uh, the whole criteria for this was just like, who just impressed you? Who did awesome? And it could be any reason you want to rank these guys wherever you did. And okay. it doesn't have to just be wrestlers. It can be managers. It can be commentators, mm-hmm. whatever. You want to uh, let's let's do let's go back and forth and do, do this, I think. OK, so we'll start at the bottom. Number 12. What did you pick for number 12? I picked two Colt Scorpio. Um, he was probably one of the. Major fucking cruiserweights that stood out to me i mean there was cruiserweights who did flippy moves but he was like the only one that would do crazy like 450 splash and all that stuff and his little music video was funny so that's why i put him at number 12 okay my number 12 is sean michaels okay and uh i put sean here because like he hasn't been on Raw that much. I mean, there's only been three episodes of Raw this month anyway. Mm-hmm. But uh, still yet, it's like he had one match um, against Max Moon. 
Mm -hmm. And then he did like a promo on the phone and then he did a pretty good job at the Royal Rumble. There's a whole can of worms on that match, you know, in my opinion. Could have been better than what it was. I agree. Uh, But uh, right now he's still kind of forming as a singles performer, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. He hasn't really cut any promos a a lot. I think he, he had... He had Sherry with him for a while because of that. It's just like he may not have been like, ah, I don't know how to do this promo shit, brother. <laughs> I need a I need a manager for a little bit. Um, he's starting to come into his own though. I just maybe next month it, he'll maybe he'll be on Raw more. Maybe. And but he right now he's still doing a good job. You can tell like oh when Sean has match it's good so far. He's starting to become Mister WrestleMania soon. Yeah. What's your 11? Dustin. Um, Dustin. The reason I chose him. um, He's very low on my list is because he's a spitting image of Dusty Rhodes. Um, That's all I can say. It's nothing bad. It's just like it wasn't original. (laughs) And it's kind of like. He's, he starts to, you know, break out of Dustin and become his own when, obviously, when he becomes Gold Dust. But, like, Dustin is very not him, in my opinion, but he still does it really well. And that's why I put number him at number 11. Okay. My 11 is Jim Ross. Okay. He, he, he's really holding it down as a play-by-play guy in WCW. Uh, some of his Jim Rossisms still happen. You know, uh-huh. good God, the impact. Yeah, you know, he's still he's he still has that a little bit. He doesn't quite have as many as when he gets into WWF. Yeah, uh, he hasn't had a lot of those f- real big freak out moments. For God's sake, somebody stop the damn match. <laughs> <laughs> he's not it's there like, yet. He's like he's getting fucking pissed, upset that this is happening. Like, yeah, <laughs> it's not that's not he's not at that point yet. But um yeah, he still does like other little interview segments here and there and stuff. He's doing a good job. I, I like I like having him on there. It's just later, later on in time, if we keep doing this, he will he will rise the ranks. Yes. <laughs> All right, my number ten. I have Steamboat. Um, he should be a little higher, but there's more. There's more. I'm gonna botch on English. There's more better in <laughs> up higher. And then, bro, there's better talent. There's more better talent than Ricky Steamboat, bro. <laughs> Ricky Steamboat's good. I like <laughs> I, I like his promos. I like his matches. But the other performers shine a little bit more and catch my interest more than Steamboat. This Steamboat, uh, this is when he's starting to like get out of wrestling, right? This is like his tail end, pretty much. Yeah, uh, I mean, I would say sure. Like his career is starting to wind down a little bit, but mm. um. Remember, he got out because of injury. I don't think he meant to retire that early. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think he probably would have kept wrestling. My guess is probably to the late nineties, maybe maybe ninety eight would be my guess. Okay, not sure about that though. That's just me guessing. Yeah, but um, that's who I picked. I picked Steamboat. What about you? Where, that was your uh, 11? 10. That was your 10. Okay. Yeah. My 10 is Bobby Heenan. Okay. 
<laughs> and he's he's just lower because he only appeared on two shows so far besides the first episode of Raw. Mm-hmm. Where he was trying to get into the building the whole time. Yep. Like, it's weird because every time WWE wants to talk about, like, early Raw and, like, the first historic episode of Raw, they always make this big deal about, oh, it was so great. Bobby Heenan was trying to get into the building the whole time. Yeah. It's not that funny. It's just kind of funny. Yeah. Um, it wasn't like I wasn't laughing my ass off. I was laughing my ass off with the Ric Flair versus Mr. Perfect match, but him trying to get in and dressing up as a woman was funny, but I feel like that was Vince McMahon trying to do jokes. Be like, hey, it will be funny if you dress like a woman. (laughs) That's that's totally Vince. A hundred percent visual gags and all this other stuff is that's what it was. It's, it was a lot more funny when Heenan's making like hilarious fucking remarks behind the desk or something, or doing the narcissist, the yeah. narcissist, his debut. <laughs> I still say, I swear to God, when Heenan was doing that shit, he was ribbing Vince. He he had to have been doing like a Vince impression. Mm-hmm. <laughs> look at the, look look at the pecs, the abdominals, the the traps. It's just he's just he's better than God. <laughs> what the what? It was so weird, and it got like borderline homoerotic. I just, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Oh boy. So number nine. What's your number nine? Barry Windham. Um, okay. He's again another wrestler that is on his tail end of his career. Uh, but I love how he inserted himself with the Pillman and Steve Austin, but then kind of peeled off a little bit where he becomes his own and tags a little bit with Vader and Paul Orndorff and Harley Race. Now he's part of that group now. Um, I love his style of wrestling. He reminds me of JBL a little bit, if that makes any sense. He's got a similar... I mean, Bradshaw's bigger than him, like, mm. frame-wise, but they have, like, a height and similar stance, I would say. Sure. I buy that. I, I feel like they're very, like on the nose toughness kind of thing. Um, comparing like his DDT to the clothesline from hell kind of thing. I feel like yeah. it's their style um, is similar. I think Barry's a better wrestler than him though. By Oh yeah. Quite a bit. Quite by a fucking uh, <laughs> mile, probably more hundred miles. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But that's my number nine, Barry Wyndham. What about you? My number nine is Paul Orndorff, Mr. Wonderful. Okay. And uh, I put him at nine just because so far he's not doing like a whole lot of real big stuff. And I don't think he will. He's come, he's coming to the end of his mainstream career here too. Like his, his main event days were in the eighties and stuff, mm-hmm. but uh, he's still great. He's still, uh, that's the thing is I've seen some eighties WWF stuff lately here and there, mm-hmm. like within the past year or so. And like, here he he's in the same shape he was he's working the same way he did he does not appear any slower or or anything like that yeah he's he's doing the same stuff he's cutting the same promos it's not the i'm not saying that's bad he's just very consistent Mm -hmm. and uh i like his i like his wrestling and the the, how he projects in the ring like he's just like this hard-nosed just good worker Mm mm-hmm and he's very smooth. Everything he does is smooth. And sometimes he does a funny sell. Sometimes he'll do this thing where he'll like get hit in the head and then like 
die, like bend forward and fly back like it's a, like a comedy <laughs> routine or something just for a second. Yeah. <laughs> and he always gets me to laugh when he does that. I love that too. All right. Are you done? Yeah, that was it. Number eight, Bobby Heenan. Uh, <laughs> the reason why I chose Bobby Heenan is mostly what you said already. Uh, just again, uh, Bobby Heenan knows how to quickly say jokes. Uh, the narcissist was fucking funny as fuck when he was just like, look at those dyes. Show him. Show. Look at the dyes. It's great. <laughs> oh, I can just imagine him sweating like when he's doing that. Yeah. Um, I do like with him and Gorilla. I think uh, there were times where <laughs> he, he was like, Man, I hope he drowns or something like that. Or so he said something along the lines of that. And like it's so like mean to say, but they pretty he pretty much goes like, Man, I hope he dies. <laughs> and then Gorilla's like, What? <laughs> He's like, nothing. <laughs> or like when uh in the Mr. Perfect and Ric Flair when he was trying to do the hammer thing. He's like, You got a hammer in there? No. <laughs> I don't got no hammer. Why do you have the timekeeper's hammer? Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, that's my um, number eight. I, I put Bobby Heenan a little higher because he's entertaining every time. Very entertaining. Mm-hmm. My number eight was Brian Pillman. Okay. And it's because, like, right now, Brian Pillman's really starting to, like, he show off some of his other skills. Because uh, at this point in time, uh, up to this point here, I think he'd only been a baby face so far. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I don't really recall him cutting that many promos before. No. And like right here, he's starting to cut more promos. And I think he's starting to show more of his, his personality. Um, I think some of this is just his actual personality from like what I've heard of him. <laughs> he seems to be like this really just loud, like colorful guy. <laughs> and he he has a way of expressing that, like just in him talking. Um, and uh, him with Austin and they're doing this thing. He's like, we're gonna be, we're good. I can't do that raspy fucking voice he has. He's like, we're gonna be the greatest team that this sport has ever seen. Like all this shit. And it's just like I believe him though when he says that. Yeah. Not just like the hindsight shit and all that, but like you know, because the team was actually pretty short lived. Hollywood Blondes. Yeah. Uh, I think they were only together for like maybe almost a year. Mm-hmm. But um, his heel work, though, is like, that's interesting, too, because I don't think he ever worked as a heel up till this point, unless he did it in Stampede Wrestling before he went mainstream. I, I don't know much about uh, face Brian Pillman. I've always seen him as heel, and I think that fits his forte. Uh, especially when he became a nutty guy in like WWE when, you know, attitude ever happened where, you know, the whole Austin get, did he get shot or not kind of thing going on? Yeah. Well, the, the whole moniker flying Brian comes from when he was babyface in WCW, he would do a lot of high flying moves. Mm-hmm. He'd do a lot of cross bodies and like his finisher was the air pillman, you know, like the springboard clothesline. But mm-hmm. at that point, nobody ever fucking did a springboard clothesline. So that was like a big move. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but yeah, that's uh, that's Pillman. I've always really liked Pillman, though. Same. I, I I don't even have him on my list. I should have put him on my list, but whatever. Um, number seven for me is uh, we already talked about the man, but I'll talk about him again. Paul Orndorff. He's in my stable, um, because he's a fucking crazy motherfucker, and he'll yeah. beat your ass, and he's muscle as shit. Uh, I like I my favorite segment is when <laughs> they they Harley Race fires fucking barbarian and uh <laughs> Paul Ordor oh. just, just takes him and pile drives him right there. And God damn it, I almost put that on my list and I like I talked myself out of it. I was like, no. <laughs> and and that's why he's up there at number seven. That's my number seven pick. I love that segment. That was a great segment. Mm-hmm. Um, my number seven was Mr. Perfect. Okay. And Mr. Perfect, he was doing a good job on every, every opportunity he was given so far. Mm -hmm. Um, his matches were good. Uh, he cut that one promo. I kind of wish he could have cut a couple more promos in my opinion. Mm -hmm. He he had a good performance in the rumble. He was, he wasn't in it very long though. Mm -hmm. You know, that was the other thing. It was a little disappointing. He got out so quick. Um, but yeah, Perfect's great. I've always liked Mr. Perfect. I've, I've always been pretty partial to him. Uh, he's still got some time ahead of him in his career. He he keeps having, like, bad luck with injuries around this time, I think. Like, I think he just came off of an injury. I don't know what it was. I think it was a back injury. Yeah. And here again soon, he's going to get re-injured. <laughs> I just saw a clip. Of him facing against Big Show when he was like, uh, whatever, when he had long hair and shit, Big Show. The Giant? Yeah, and he did a perfect plex on fucking Big Show. Fuck. Dude, <laughs> dude I don't know how the fuck he did it, but he did it. Like, he, I, I don't even think Big Show, like, jumped off. You know, like, when Big Show, he does, like, he jumps his body in the air to give him, like, momentum? Yeah. Not, not this thing. He picked him up and he... He plexed him. <laughs> I was heard. I always heard perfect was a pretty tough guy, like legitimately. Because he probably said, "Dude, brother, I'm I'm doing it on my own. Don't fucking do it, or I'm gonna beat the shit out of you in the showers or something like that." <laughs> I don't think you know what his personality backstage was always like. Uh, he was like an infamous river. Mm-hmm. He he had a lot of fun joking around with the guys and stuff. He was a little bit wild though too. Mm-hmm. But uh, he was he had a legitimate background in amateur wrestling uh and he was very good mm-hmm. so he was also like a shooter so like nobody would fuck with him because he could tie you in knots but there was like this story you know the the plane ride from hell story no i didn't hear about that okay you, you know the, you know about the infamous plane ride from hell though right i i actually don't okay so <laughs> like I think this is 2002. Uh, WWE, they're like, they're going somewhere on this plane ride, and it's like Vince's private jet, I think. Mm-hmm. And some of the guys are on the jet, and uh, I, I don't know if it was the private jet or not. Either way, a lot of the guys are on the jet, and everybody is just fucking assing off in the plane just doing crazy shit to each other. Like, uh, what the fuck happened? Like somebody was trying to cut. Yeah. Uh, 
X-Pac was trying to cut Michael Hayes' hair because he fucking hated him. <laughs> and um, Ric Flair was naked. <laughs> he was wearing nothing but his robe. And I think he was drunk. <laughs> and, uh, Vince was trying to have a wrestling match with Kurt Angle. <laughs> okay. And then Brock Lesnar and Mr. Perfect were doing this alpha male thing where they weren't really like pissed at each other, but they wanted to know who would win in a fucking wrestling, like a l- amateur wrestling match. I think Brock Lesnar could beat him. I, I don't know what happened because this is what happened. <laughs> they were having it and it got pretty intense and uh, they almost hit the fucking emergency door <laughs> And caused everybody to get sucked out of the plane. It was like this huge incident. And it was like after that fucking plane ride. Uh, and there's there's a bunch of other stories, like little small stories about it that I, I just forgot because so many things happened at once. Mm-hmm. But after that, it was like Vince was like, I guess because they almost died. <laughs> he was like, God damn it. No more ass and off on the plane. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> just while he's Fuck. having a fucking wrestling match with Kurt Angle. Yeah, well, well it's just a friendly wrestling match. They weren't <laughs> running into the goddamn plane walls and almost getting everybody killed. <laughs> um, that's, that's great. Yeah, sorry for that long tangent, but like, hey, it's part of Mr. Perfect's, you know, lore mm-hmm. in wrestling. So. I guess we'll move it along here. Number six for me is the family man, Chris Benoit. Uh, he didn't have. He had one promo. Uh, he kind of kept it short and sweet. He's like, "I want to face the top dogs, pretty much, uh, but I need to, you know, fight off the roster before I get there, and I'm gonna do it." Uh, and every match that he did, he fucking owned. Uh, I think there was one match. I forgot what it was where he was just carrying the dude. Uh, and uh, Bagwell, I think, was one of the other ones where it just like. He's doing okay, but Benoit had to do all the work. And that's why he's in my number six, because he's in my he's in my stable. He's my he's one of my boys. Yeah. What about you? Woo! Ric Flair. <laughs> Woo! Oh, yeah. It's Ric Flair. Mm-hmm. Um he's like in the middle of the pack here, and to me it's just because he didn't do get to do enough. It was all. Mm-hmm. Like he had yeah, the perfect flair uh, mini feud, I guess, was a big part of the WWF programming for that month. Um, but like Flair got to cut one promo the entire time, mm-hmm. which I think was a missed opportunity. They <laughs> should have had him cut maybe a couple more. I think it was just uh, Vince being probably sour. He'd be like, I don't want, I don't, we need to get this fucking guy out of here. I don't know. As far as I know, they parted amicably. I think it was just his contract ran out. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, I don't think there was any bad feelings between the two of them. Uh, I, I, I'm not sure about this. It's just me speculating. I think he just signed kind of a short time deal because he thought that the management would change in WCW fairly quick. So he just wanted to go somewhere and make some money for a little while. Okay. Um, but great match. He had a pretty good performance in the Rumble. Not as good as 92. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, like I said, if he was able to cut some more promos, I probably he'd probably be a little bit higher. Yeah. But yeah. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna feed off of yours. My number five was Ric Flair. Ah. Um, reason why I chose Ric Flair is because to be the man, woo, you gotta beat the man. Um, he's always gonna be great in any role that he does, even if it's not like if it's limited, uh, or he's putting somebody over. He does the work. It's it's him. Uh, and every time he gets a microphone, you just feel the energy. You know, <laughs> you feel the cocaine. Yeah. Especially like, especially that promo with him and uh, Mr. Perfect where they were running to Vince McMahon and be like, I'm going to beat him. Woo! I fucking love that. He's like, I swear, in front of God and everybody. And then, like Vince's eyes get really big when he says that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> His reaction is what made it. Yeah, but I'm going to keep it short and sweet because you already hit the you know strides on Ric Flair. I'm just always going to – he's always going to be in my top 10 or top 12, so – most likely an all-time great, mm-hmm. no doubt. What about um, what about you? Number five is Cactus Jack, mm-hmm. and Cactus is he's getting an upswing in his career here for a little while. Yeah, he's turning baby face. He's getting more popular. He's getting more segments. He's cutting good promos. Um. It, his matches lately, they're they're fine. Here's the thing about Cactus or Vic Foley: like his matches aren't all about like technical horse shit stuff. Yeah, he's a brawler. He's like he's a brawler guy, and his other strength is like the psychology of the match, like what what he's doing in there. Yeah, um, and it's just right right now he's still on the upswing. Like when he's gonna start doing some, he's gonna get into a feud with Vader soon. It's it's been planted. The seeds have been planted, and it's coming up. Mm-hmm. I can't wait till those stiff blows that they're gonna do. So. They fuck each other up for like a couple months. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's really cool to see Cactus uh, Mick Foley in earlier in his career when he's in a little bit better shape, and he can still do some of the crazy stuff that he wants to do. Yep. My number four. Is the bad guy, Razor Ramon. Chico. Uh, Chico. Great. He's always great as a promo, uh, especially with the, you know, I have the gold around my neck and I'm going to get the gold around my waist. Uh, especially when he's like at, at like a basketball game and he tells this guy, get the fuck away from me. <laughs> that was awesome. Yeah. Um, the reason why he's at number four is the match that he had with Bret Hart at Royal Rumble. Um, that match was insane. Um, it, it's probably up there with... It's probably neck-to-neck neck with the Mr. Perfect and Ric Flair match, in my opinion. I should have put that as an honorable mention. That's actually a good honorable mention. I forgot. Um, but I have Razor Ramon there because of that Bret Hart match. Uh, that was a really good match. I think... Razor should have got the belt there. I think he deserved maybe a title, a world title run before he left soon. Or is about to leave. No, he's still got three years there. Okay. Yeah. But I don't think he gets another big title shot like that anymore. I think the next thing is the Intercontinental, right? 
championship. Yeah, you're right. He stays in the IC title picture after this for a long, for the rest of his career there. Yeah. So, I don't know. I mean, obviously, Brett is always going to be the man uh, to have the belt. Uh, and unfortunately, Yokozuna is going to, you know, win. And then. Bonsai. And something stupid happens after that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I digress on that. Yeah, and, and that's my number four, Razor Ramon. Okay. My number four is Dustin Rhodes. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yeah, he's a lot lower on yours, but he's higher on mine. Yeah. And it's because uh, I was just not too familiar with Dustin's WCW work. And it's in ring. He's great. Mm -hmm. This is like, he's, he's a lot younger here. So he's got like a lot more energy. He can go a lot faster for longer. Yeah. He's pretty dynamic performer right now. Um, kind of what you're saying where it's like, yeah, he's kind of aping his dad a little bit. Yeah, he is. He he is. And I think that's part of the reason why he wanted to just leave WCW and just do something else, Mm -hmm. which is, coming in a couple years yeah <laughs> uh, i don't know if he ever turns heel in wcw while he's there i i don't i don't know uh it'll be kind of interesting if he does it kind of seems like maybe there might be some uh, possibility of it right now mm-hmm. but i'm not sure about that uh right now i just enjoy his matches his promos are good there nothing's been really uh you know intense or life-changing Mm-hmm. But his promos are solid, and they get he's gets fired up. I mean, making good points, making good points. Um, my number three, unless you have anything else to say about Dustin. No, that's it. Mine number three is Cactus Jack. Um, ah. I would Mick Foley. He's 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 decent in wrestling, but. I, what I like about Cactus Jack in this is his promos. His promos make me believe <laughs> that, he, that he's mad at, at the fans for liking him. And just the way he words things and stuff uh, for a promo, it's just very unique and interesting. So that's why he's at number three. I mean, you already we already talked about the other stuff with Cactus Jack. Uh, I really started to like him after uh, Clash of Champions. So Yeah, that was great. Um, my number three is Barry Windham. Oh shit! <laughs> um, Barry has really impressed me lately. And here's the funny thing: is I don't even know if like he's you know compromised at this point, so to speak, physically. Like if he's got injuries that are slowing him down or anything. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I I was never that familiar with his work. Uh. That's my fault, <laughs> but like, uh, I think he had like a bigger heyday in the eighties. Mm-hmm. He, yeah, he's coming in on the end of his career this within a couple years here. Um, God, I remember when he was in WWF. I didn't know this at the time, but he came in as the Stalker, <laughs> and it was like this weird Vince fucking gimmick idea. I think he got the idea from learning that Barry liked hunting. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was one of the things he would do. Like uh, one of the questions, like people, 
like when I listened to Cornette's show, somebody asked him a question one time, like, why did Barry Windham never win like a world title or get pushed as a world title main event guy that much? And he said it was because he flip flopped between promotions a lot. Like he wouldn't stay anywhere very long. And it might've just been that he just didn't want to do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is like the case for uh, Scott Hall, actually. Scott Hall didn't want to be the world champion. <laughs> he didn't like the the pressure and shit. He didn't like the idea of that. Yeah, um, that's that's his words. But uh, like, uh, I guess Barry would. Yeah, he just flip flop between promotions a lot, and then he'd fuck off after he made a bunch of money and just go out in the woods for like I don't know months until he ran out of money or got bored of that, and then he would go wrestling again. <laughs> I mean, that's so that's, that's, that's the life. That's how he wanted to live his life. And I guess when he went to WWF and he talked about hunting, he's like, well, I got a gimmick for you, pal. You're going to love this. <laughs> and he looked like he had like face camo face paint on. And he was talking about like how I'm going to stalk you through the fucking woods, fucking Brett Hart, And I'm going to like skin you or some shit. I don't know. I don't <laughs> know what the fuck he was doing. It was weird. <laughs> but, um, Barry is a great wrestler. He has great, great fucking mechanics and everything he does. Very smooth. I always heard like he's one of the smoothest work, workers ever. It's like I see it. Mm-hmm. He, I've not seen him fuck up once. Good promos. Right now, like the persona he has, he comes across as this really sleazy, like backstabby guy. Yeah, who will take advantage of you at any moment? It seems like it, it, it's to the point to where they're calling him. The controversial Barry Wyndham. You know, he kind of <laughs> reminds me of Randy Orton a little bit. Yeah. Uh, I bet Randy probably studied him. Yeah, because he's very... he's And when I mean sleazy, I mean sleazy as a heel. Um, he picks his spots. I mean, if, if you want to think about it, when he took out Steamboat, it's kind of like the correlation of the RKO on the outside where he comes out of nowhere like a snake and take him out and then get out of there. I mean, that's what heels do, but I don't know. I had this weird, uh, Orton feeling when he did it. I bet Randy's studied him a couple times. Mm-hmm. Are we, are we ready for number two? I'm ready for your, your two. I mean, we kind of teased it a little bit in the beginning. Um, but my number two is going to be Vader. Um, great promo. Great promos. I love this White Castle of Fear. Um, every time he's in the ring, you're just like, whoever's facing him, even if he's like a set superstar, especially that last episode that we saw of WCW Saturday night when he faced with Sting, and I forgot who the other person was he tagging with. Dustin. Yeah, Dustin. He was just like killing Dustin the whole match. He was whipping his ass, yeah. So like I I really like it. I he he definitely made me. I mean, WCW Saturday Night Live, uh, not live. WCW Saturday Night made me like Vader again, and that's all I'll say. <laughs> okay, uh, my number two is Ricky Steamboat. Okay, yeah, and that's just because the work Ricky's been putting out. Is the whole month has just been really good. He's he's stuck with bum tag team partner right now. Mm-hmm. Shane Douglas is not an entertaining wrestler to watch, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. 
and his promos are just blah. <laughs> it's like they got to do promos together. Steve Bell will say something and it's awesome, and then he'll say something and it's just like fuck. Just roll <laughs> your eyes. Like, all right, shut up. I want to hear Steamboat talk. <laughs> <laughs> he has all these great matches with everybody except Dan Spivey because he's just a 300-pound sack of shit. <laughs> and um, just, I, I already sung his praises earlier. It's just, to me, he's, it was so close. It's just right. If he weren't stuck with fucking Shane Douglas, he might very well be number one. Yeah. But it is what it is. All right, my number one, I tease it again in the beginning, but Mr. Perfect is my number one. I already praised him. Um, I just like him overall uh, on what I've seen. And it was it was like only a few things. Like there was one promo, Royal Rumble, and then the Flair versus uh, Mr. Perfect match. And I was sold. Uh, yeah. all, all it takes is just one match, and I'm, I'm sold. So... That is my Mr. Perfect. That's my Mr. Perfect. That's my number one pick is Mr. Perfect. Yeah. When I, when I heard, like, all oh, are going to do Flair Perfect later, I was like, that's going to be great. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> no question. No shadow um, of a doubt. Yeah. My number one pick is, uh, is, is the, who's the man, you know? It's fucking <laughs> Vader. Vader is number one. There you go. He's number one because he's the world champion. Bret Hart's the world champion right now. But here's the thing: Bret didn't even make my list, and he's one of my favorite. He's one of my favorite wrestlers of all time. Mm-hmm. He didn't make it, and here's why he didn't make it: because he was barely on the shows at all. Mm-hmm. He just he just didn't he wasn't on TV enough. And I'm not saying oh you got to be on TV every goddamn week. You got to you know you got to have a 30 minute match every week. No, no, fucking of course not. But um. That's the same thing for Sting. Sting was barely on TV. Yeah. For all January. It wasn't really towards the end. It was he's at Clash and he had the uh the close up promo. Mm-hmm. Did the White Castle of Fear. Mm-hmm. And then he had the tag match with Dustin you just talked about. Yep. Um that was it. Uh Vader though, he was constantly in the programming. Without overstaying his welcome, he did a close up. He did uh, promos with other guys. Um, he had a squash match. Vader is the king of squashes, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, he had a couple tag matches. He had one with Thorndorf, and that was great. It was just, it was just, he was just whipping these guys' ass. That's all it was. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And then he had one with Barry Wyndham where Barry Wyndham was his best friend and they looked to really enjoy their company. <laughs> and then there was the, the Clash match that was also really entertaining and fun. Mm-hmm. And then the White Castle Fear. All the promos. He just, everything he did was great. And then every time he had a match or something, it was like, you you knew, like, oh man, shit's going to go down. Vader's in a match. Mm-hmm. I can't wait to see what happens. And then he kills the other person. <laughs> It kills the other guy, whoever it is. That's that's just how I see it, though. Yeah. That's it. That's our top 12 for this month, um, the January of 1993, but we still have two more categories left. Yes. These should be a little quicker, I think, maybe. Mm. Uh, best show, the, the best show of the month. Uh, I'll go. I, th- I thought Clash of Champions had a strong uh, card. 
Uh, and that had, let me see, because I did write it down here on my computer. I did not. You prepared uh, Cactus, me. Cactus Jack versus Johnny B. Bad. I mean, this kind of shows up Cactus Jack, and that's when he starts to get over. Two Cold Scorpio versus Scotty Flamingo. Um, show cost, it shows Raven pretty much, but Two Cold Scorpio was good. Chris Benoit versus Brad Armstrong. It's a pretty decent match. That was a great sleeper match. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we had this match, the Wrecking Crew versus uh, Z-Man and Johnny Gunn. Uh, then he had the promo with Wyndham, Barry Wyndham, Harley Race, and Larry Zabisco, and the Barbarian. That's when the infamous, I think, uh, <laughs> fucking pile the, driver happens. The infamous Harley Race assault that gets answered. <laughs> yep. Uh, and then that's when we had the cage match and it, it was overall great. And I, I really was entertained. That's my best show. Did you have an honorable? Um, honorable would have to be the, the, uh, latest WWF raw. Um, because of the, obviously the Mr. Perfect versus Ric Flair, uh, and then a great, Macho Man match that was ruined by the comedian, but if you take away the the commentary, it was a decent match. It was okay. Mm-hmm. I think if yeah, his his commentary wasn't involved, it would have been a little bit better for me. Yeah, he just affects me so much. I just hate him. <laughs> <laughs> what about you? Um, yeah, my best show was Clash Champions as well. Very fun uh, show. Pretty stacked. It's mm-hmm. funny because it, it wasn't really a pay-per-view. It was a, it was a TV special. Yep. Um, did better than like, Royal Rumble. <laughs> it definitely did. Overall, it was just a more balanced, better show. Yeah. The Thunder Cage wasn't a Thunder Cage. It was just a cage. I mm-hmm. don't know why they called it a Thunder Cage, but whatever. Make it sound cool. It's a Thunder Cage. It's like, I swear, because they said that, it made me think of the time where... Um, P&A. No, no, they had a Halloween Havoc match. It might have been year before, or maybe even 91, where I don't remember who else was in the match, but it was Abdullah the, but- the Butcher and Cactus Jack on one side. Mm-hmm. And they put Abdullah the Butcher in an electric chair <laughs> and electrocute him in a cage. That's funny. Like, it was silly as hell, but it's fun. Like, go look it up. It's funny to see. I think TNA did a gimmick where if you would touch the cage, it would, like, they would make the sound and like the whole arena would just go all, uh, black out and turn back all on. The, the lights flickered. Shit. Yeah. They did that for Abdullah the Butcher where they put him in the electric chair. <laughs> <laughs> That's stupid. I find it funny. This is funny. It's just saying that shit out loud. It sounds ridiculous. <laughs> um, yeah, the, the, the main event was great. Uh, yeah, the Chris Benoit, Brad Armstrong match was a very nice surprise. Mm-hmm. Um, and there wasn't really a bad match on that show. Maybe it was a concur. That's about it. I didn't think it was bad. It was just fine. It did what it had to. Mm-hmm. I think it was a squash. Uh, no, it wasn't actually. That's right. I remember because my big complaint was it's like they're debuting these guys and then they struggled so hard to win and it's like they're trying to like position them to fight the Rock and Roll Express. And it's like they had them struggle so hard to win, and it didn't make any sense. Yeah. Uh, 
My honorable mention, though, was the WCW Saturday night that followed that uh, clash. Because it was just a stacked show. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. Yeah, it's like right at, right after that, the opening match was like uh, Pillman, Austin, and Barry Windham against like two Cold Scorpio, fucking Brad Armstrong, and um, uh, Johnny B. Bad, who's whatever. <laughs> <laughs> but he's fine. But like... Already, it's like, God damn, there's like a bunch of awesome guys in this match. And it's, that's like the opener. Um, and that was, it was a fun match. It wasn't like anything real amazing or anything, but it was, it was fun to watch. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that match had the Steamboat Dustin match, the first one. I think it or did, the, yeah. Yeah. So, and then there was other stuff in between there. There was like another Chris Benoit match. It, I think it was the one against Marcus Alexander Bagwell. <laughs> and. <laughs> It was just a very good week of WCW programming. Yeah. I guess that's a good segue. What did you think the best product was? It was WCW for me. Yeah, I'm going to have to go. Again, we didn't get a lot of WWF Raw. It was mostly stacked with WCW. But my main thing is that when every time they did do WWF Raw, it was fluffed with all bullshit. And then obviously you would get like one good thing. Uh, WCW was the opposite. There was sometimes where you got an episode with, with, with a lot of bullshit, which was the last episode that we saw. Um, yeah. But I there's so many wrestlers that I care about in this product so far. I like Vader. I like Cactus Jack. I like uh, Paul Orndorff. I like Barry Windham, Steamboat, Dustin. Yeah. That's a lot. <laughs> and the other ones are just like, Oh, wait, no, uh, I almost me- messed up Max Payne. Max Payne's on WCW, but, like, uh, I don't know, Doink the Clown and that bra dude, whatever. Bra, man. We we talking to kids, bra, or whatever he was saying. Oh, Crush. Yeah. I was like, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> Stop with the kids, bra. Yeah, like, they're trying to push Doink, like, right now. Uh, it's weird. Uh hmm. And it just seems strange because it's like this is supposed to be like their flagship program mm-hmm. starting off. And it's like the champion was barely there. Yeah. And then like the, the razor, the guy that was supposed to fight the champion was also barely there. Mm-hmm. Like neither like neither of them were really on Raw that much. It was kind of uh, like they were treating Raw as the B show, kind of like what SmackDown does. <laughs> I think they were like at this time, because I, I think right at this moment, they WWF had a couple of other wrestling shows they were running. Mm-hmm. One was superstars. And I don't know if like any real major shit ever happened on superstars back then. I was I'm going to say once in a while, something probably did happen. Uh, the other one I think is called great American wrestling or some shit. It has like a really generic name. <laughs> But, like, that's not anywhere on the network right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and God knows, I doubt you can fucking find it on YouTube because WWE is super strict about having footage, even if it's for fucking fair use shit. No, they still get it taken down. I got to start thinking about picking up the WWE network because it's getting harder for all the places I'm getting shit uh, to watch these shows because they're just yeah. taking them down. <laughs> they're just like... They're- copyright i'm like fuck you they're fucking nazis about that shit mm-hmm. but um 
Yeah, it's. I think Raw is still trying to kind of find its footing at the moment. Yeah. And I'm hoping this next month, um, they'll the show will be more consistent. Mm-hmm. But we'll see. I don't know. I'd always heard the earlier Raws, like '93, especially, it could get a little rough sometimes. So far, I don't think there's really been a show that's been bad. Mm-hmm. Just the first, the very first episode was really like kind of like scrambled eggs to me, though. <laughs> it was like there was some good things that happened, and then there was things that happened that was just like, okay, is, <laughs> what are you doing? All right, fine. <laughs> um, so yeah, for me, WCW wins. It was very consistent product. Uh, just put on better quality shows, and I mean. I like sports-based wrestling presentation better mm-hmm. myself. That's not to say I don't like the ham or, or like the the showbiz, uh, but it just seems like they're kind of assing off a little bit on Raw right now, trying to find their footing. Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah. My WCW uh, Saturday night. I just. It's it's an overall good show this month. Uh, I guess we'll see it grow. Maybe it gets, maybe it de- declines as we watch it. But so far, I'm I'm digging it over WWF. So, yeah, me too. Um, but other than that, I think we are done with our first ever award show for the month. We are. Um, is there anything else you wanted to add in before we close out the show? Um. I guess, or are you wanting to go into February next? Oh, we got. You want, or do you want to do something else? No, let's get into February. Let's keep it. Let's keep it rolling. All right, yeah, because I'm kind of excited to see Super Brawl three. Yep. So, <laughs> what's the next two episodes? What days? Ooh, uh, let me pull that up real quick. I have it here. If you want me to say it. Yeah, you say it. So we got February 1st, Monday Night Raw, uh, and then on Saturday, the February 6th, is WCW Saturday Night. Uh, And remember to watch those episodes and then come back here, and we will talk about it. And hopefully, hopefully Raw turns around. Right now, I'm kind of just like, meh. It's kind of meh right now. Yeah, so I guess we'll see what happens. But other than that, I think we will sign it off here. If you want to watch or listen to more Getting Some Color, make sure you go on all the podcast stations, such as Red Circle, Stitcher, uh, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. And if you type in Nerd of You Network, you can get this show, Getting Some Color. You can also get Big Trouble Little Podcast, which we are doing horror month, the trick and treat, uh, which the next episode is my pick which is Manos, The Hands of Fate as my trick, and It Follows is my treat. So remember to watch that and then, you know, listen to us either, you know, hate it or like it. I guess we'll see when we uh, talk about it. And then on October 22nd, we will be doing um, The Nemesis Project, where we'll be talking talking about the books. Because next week, we don't have any show because we did two getting some colors in a week i mean we did two in a row and then we're back to bi-weekly again so yeah yep 
Other than that, I and I think Accelerated Gamer, we're going to be recording that sometime this month. So keep an eye out for that as well. Um, but I guess that's where we'll end it, unless I'm missing anything. Am I missing anything? I don't think so. All right. I think we will end it here, guys. Remember, get some color, motherfuckers. We are out. Stay in school. Too cold Scorpio says so. <laughs> Later, guys.